0: Hello, and you're very welcome to Elitrum Daily's book club. Uh, My name is Mary Blake, and I'm here with our monthly book club. I have Orla Kelly and Hilda King uh, joining me on this virtual book club, I guess you call it. And we will have contributions from Kevin McManus throughout today's show. So I'm going to go straight to Orla, and she's going to tell us what book we're going to be talking about this week and tell us why she chose this book. Orla.
1: Hi, Mary. Well, the book that we've been reading this month is um, by Elif Shafak, and the name of the book is 10 minutes, 38 seconds in this strange world. It's the story of Tequila Leila, and we meet her as she lies dying in a rubbish bin in Istanbul. And she's tracing her life as a little girl growing up to the woman who now has been brutally assaulted. She tells us her life. She's her own biographer, really, and she's tracing her life um, through her family, her early friendships and the terrible event visited on her when she was very young and what propelled her towards um, Istanbul as she grew up. And she tells us her life through her friends, her husband um, her career and what it was like, what it's like to be an outsider and to live as an outsider. But what's very clever is she brings also the history of Turkey and Istanbul to bear and to to the forefront within this book. The second half of the book changes tone a little bit um, as her friends navigate the reality of life without that link person and what it is to try and honour somebody when you are considered um, a nobody. I picked this book because I'd read uh, *The Bastard of Istanbul* by this author before, and I was very impressed by the way she tells the story. And she, her characters are very believable, very real, um, and the smells and the sounds of of that country and the exoticness um, of Turkey is very well evoked, certainly in The Bastard of Istanbul, and certainly I found the same in this book. So I was hoping it would be the same, so I was very happy that it was. So that's the reason why, and this
0: is the book that we're going to be discussing tonight. Interesting choice, Orla. Hilda, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hello, Mary. And what did you think of this month's book?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a tough read. I thought it was sad, but I thought it was very revealing. I think... um, Shafak set out her shop uh, with the very dramatic opening, as Orla has described, of uh, tequila Leela being found in a rubbish tip, um, showing us the inhumanity, brutality, and abuse foisted on women who have been trafficked as sex workers. And yeah, she gives us the life of uh, Leela in a sort of a tra- traditional Muslim family, Bringing in all the folklore and the rituals, and a father who had two wives, uh, all because this was allowed in the setting, so that uh, he could have a son, really. And when he has a son who turns out to have Down syndrome, um, he thinks Allah has been angry with him, and he hasn't. He has to make amends, and everything gets much stricter and. Leela is uh, rebellious and very angry. And at the same time, we're not living in a rural area. She's living in a city and her friend Sinan is there and she has access to Western magazines and news of the world and all this. So when she discovers uh, that she's pregnant and her family discovers she's pregnant and she thinks uh, her father won't believe that it's his brother, her, her uncle, that has caused her to be, she's been sexually abused and raped. Um, she decides she's not going to take this uh, charade of a marriage to a first cousin and she leaves for Istanbul. And that's sort of quite a focused view of women in this Muslim family in Van. And then the author takes us to Istanbul and she's sort of, jerks us into um, a multitude of different lives, five friends. And I think she does this on purpose. You sort of feel you're going to hear more about Leela and her life, which we do, but she brings in these five friends who all have differences. They're mostly immigrants who have been um, shunned by their own families for their differences. So you have a transvestite, Nalan, you have Humera who was beaten by her husband. You have Jamela, who was outcasted in Africa, Sinan and Nalan, did I say. She gives us a whole um, view of how their lives intermingle. And in this this, uh, part of Istanbul called the Street of Brothels, it's a place where tourists don't go. Except, of course, if you want to show off to the Americans when they come, which is one part of the book, there's exposition of the the hate crimes that are are foisted on these women when uh, sulphuric acid is thrown at is, at Leela um, Jamela gives us a very graphic view of when she objects to her captors she's put in a cellar and she talks about it being we're broken like horses and when our spirit is broken, we have We don't want to go anywhere. I think uh, Shafak is trying to give us an insight into the, the lives of these people who are victims. And then, of course, the brutal murders and how the newspaper of the day. And now we're talking about 50s and 60s and maybe early 70s. It, it, well, yeah, into the 70s. Um, the newspapers of the day saying, uh, ordinary women needn't worry about this it's only happening to prostitutes where there's been four murdered recently um but out of all this you she shows us that you know you ha- they've lost their blood families but they have what each she other calls, yeah they have each other um i think she calls them uh, water families and the support and love and sharing that they do is is the hope that's and the reason they go on and can survive this brutal life. Um, I think the final part of the book I really liked, it was the, I love the time, well, I love the the, the name, the the cemetery of the companionless. It's anything, but I shouldn't love it, but I just think it explains so much of of a lot of things in the book. It's the unwanted, the unidentified, um, the unworthy that are buried there. Mm And I just love the way she's gathered, the friends have gathered. With all their inadequacies, they go through this quite humorous uh, effort to bring Leela and give her a funeral. And you have, uh, I think it's Zanab, sort of quite spiritual and talking about her soul. But Nalan is quite uh, bulshy and sort of saying it's the body that matters. And she has to have a good funeral. And we'll never feel right about this if we don't give her a Mm. good funeral. And there's a whole sense of triumph in the end when they get Leela over the Bosphorus Bridge and into the water, which is where she wanted to be buried. Um, so I've probably gone through the whole story for everybody now.
0: Yay, that's great, Hilda. Thank you. Yeah. I think it is interesting and interesting that you say you preferred the second half because I absolutely preferred the first half. Um, I thought at first, and I thought it was so. It was like two different. It really felt like two different um, pieces of work, and I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, both. And although I have to be honest, when Orla suggested it last month, I thought, "Oh, am I able for this? Is this just going to be so traumatic?" Because you know, from the description, it's such a tough area. But somehow, there was such lightness in it, and there was humor in it, and there was textures and colours and smells and celebration and friendship and love and so I was so surprised by how how much beauty I found in it and I'd be interested to see what Kevin thinks so if we could roll Kevin's clip there please.
3: This novel is a harrowing but evocative novel I love the writing style of the author the way she weaves the story is just amazing and binding it's both haunting and profound Elif Shafak is truly a master of her craft, and her book entwines both the darkest sides of life with slivers of lightness and hope, of spirits triumphing over the brutalities of human existence. This sort of writing takes you to the actual moments which are talked about in the book. She plunges the reader straight in from the beginning with the murder of Leia and the final flickering of her consciousness. She writes brilliant descriptions of life in the bordello and death in the cemetery of the companionless. The premise of this novel is so original. Lay at the start of the story, is dying after being murdered. In her final minutes, she recalls the events that led her to that point. Her dying recollections expose the story, how she ended up working in a brothel in Istanbul, and how she found her five friends. This novel is absolutely multi-dimensional. Firstly, it's a beautiful yet brutal poetry of dreams and memories, a heartbroken story of the society's responses to a girl who dreams of a better life, to becoming something, and in some ways it's not just an examination of Turkish society or the Middle East, it's actually universal, but Shafak especially highlights the sexual violence towards women that exist in her home country of Turkey. The second part of the novel Uh, revolves around Leia's five friends. They had one thing in common. Somehow, they're all kind of unnatural and undesirable in the eyes of society. Uh, But the novel portrays a beautiful image of unconditional friendship. They all are strikingly different from each other, but they become so close. And a quotation from the book. They were more vulnerable on their own, but together they're stronger. Elif Shafak illustrates her passion for the city of Istanbul through her incredible writing. The book portrays a picture of Istanbul over the years, affectionate but also disturbing. Shafak's prose is an ode to Istanbul and in that she has succeeded brilliantly. Shafak's Istanbul is at the crossroads of modernity and traditionalism, of religion and atheism, of Europe and Asia. Generally, the book Reveals mid-20th century Turkey as a corrupt, patriarchal and bigoted place. She also describes Turkey and Istanbul especially as a feminine city. The city is almost like a character in the novel. In a quotation she says, To the women of Istanbul and the city of Istanbul, which is and always has been a she-city. And also she says, After all boundaries of the mind mean nothing for women who continue to sing songs of freedom
0: under the moonlight yeah great great analysis there great um, overview from kevin and i have to say a lot of what he says really i really agree with him and the universality of the book too was so interesting even though it was so specifically turkish still there was so much familiar Orla, what did you think yourself
1: I was I I'm very fond of this book, but I did think it was because of the, the tone shift. I, I'm I'm with you, Mary. I actually had a preference for the first half of the book because I thought um Leila's voice was so resonant and so strong and the vibrancy and the survival instinct and the the lack of victimhood that she put on herself. She never had that in her life. She never she had it in her life, but she never portrayed it as something to to wear as a badge, um, and I thought her voice was clear, and I thought she was vibrant despite all the brutality and the violence that she experienced. She had so much hope, and I think as a, as um as you said, that I think her character was very strong. And meeting the the outsiders, how that how that worked, how they connected, why they connected, how they were friends, why they were friends, was really really strong. I liked her. I liked the, the, the meeting of her husband. The idea that you may work in a certain industry, but it doesn't preclude you from wanting love, from needing love. You may have been abused, but it doesn't preclude you from needing love or wanting love. I think it was such a, a beautifully told story about women's lives even though it's very brutal there's so many layers to this even when Hilda was talking I was just saying, okay there's so much to talk about this her young her, the the effect of what happened in her youth how she was controlled how the women were controlled how you move on to your life in Istanbul and you know the flick of you know how life changes on the turn on the pin of a needle isn't there, isn't there a phrase of that and you just think it's so it's so brutal for women, and and it and that kind of idea that whatever however hard life is, it's always worse for women, and particularly in certain societies and within a Muslim culture, it is very very different. I mean, it's very interesting. The when she published this book, uh, Shafak, she was actually um, she's been banned in Turkey because she because she was writing about sexual violence against women. So she's banned for the very thing that she writes about that we are that I'm so impressed about, that really needs to be heard, you know. So I think this is a very, very important book. The second half of the book, I will be honest, I felt it just the tone shift was a little bit too much for me because I felt it was played a little bit more for comedy. And I was so involved in Layla, I I felt so protective of her. And, I, and yes, I know her friends did too, but the tone shift was too much. But also, like Hilda said, the... It broke my heart. The cemetery of the Campaniles, and when you when you read about Turkey, when you read about Istanbul, the 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 amount and the, I mean it is a real place, and the number of refugees who have lost their lives trying to cross that into Turkey, coming to Europe, who are now buried in the cemetery of the companionists. it's just heartbreaking, and the cruelty of life. It's um, and and it's that's why it's so resonant because it's so modern, but it's really interesting because. As we meet Layla, she's dying, but it's 1990, and it still feels very contemporary. She's talking about Naland, who's who's a, a transvestite, um, you know, sex workers, Zainab one, two, two. You know, all of these outsiders. We think, oh, this is just modern life. It's not. We we've lived this. We've known these people for forever. So that's why yeah. I think the universality of it, and and it will last. Yeah, this is a book for me that will last. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I agree. And I think as well with that second half, there were efforts of humour that I just don't think were pulled off to, yeah. for my palate anyway. But um, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I understood it. And I at no stage was I, you know, dissatisfied with the book. It gallops along. And as Kevin said, she is an exquisite writer. Her writing was excellent. What did you
2: think of the writing style, Hilda? Yeah, I mean, um, she had. She was so descriptive and evocative of the smells and tastes of Istanbul. You were there. You're in that old part of the city. The description of buildings. Yeah, I think she she she's so accomplished. Um, I took down one quote uh, when uh, uh, Jamila was talking about her situation, and how she said, the descent when it started spiraled rapidly, like water sucked through a plug. And that just Mm. for me described, Mm. you know, somebody, one day you're sort of arriving on a bus into Istanbul with all the hope in your heart of uh, changing your life for the better. And within three days, you're sex trafficked and you're a prostitute. And there's no way out of that. She's imprisoned forever. I think she she expressed all that
0: terribly well sorry. And it is interesting that she um because I think we we have that in this country too. It's, is it okay to love your country and still criticize it? You know, it, it, I mean we all have cities where people are hiding and there's an underbelly and look at board Vault, you aren't going to be talking about it, but it exists and there are people we have rejected in all our societies all over the world and it's to the cities they flock.
1: Well, the society is, I suppose society is hierarchical. There's always going to be that, you know, that sense of, well, I'm better than you. And if somebody's coming in, well, that's OK. At least I've gone up a rung because you're lower than me. But I think that we do. Yeah, we, we people do because they hide in cities. They want to hide in cities because there is this sense of non-acceptance. And I do think it is important that you can love your country. I think it's very valid. I think it's problematic if you if you love your country and aren't prepared to see its flaws and call out its flaws, a 100%. I mean, that's hugely problematic as we see across the country. I mean, even in, you know, democratic states or states that we would have thought, countries that we would have thought are are, as democratic. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I think you have to show as a country that everybody is welcome, is my view.
0: Yes, and I thought it was interesting, especially at the beginning of the book, they talk a lot about um, customs and superstitions. And... um, it reminds me, I mean, although they're so different to our own, but it reminds me of the kind of things that we listened to growing up and that our grandparents would have listened to. These ideas when the birth was happening uh, um, of all the different things. And and she had a nervous pregnancy after having lots of miscarriages and took all these um, superstition customs on board to to safeguard her pregnancy and her baby. And I think that was so well done and you really believe that these people believed that so fully so i thought that was was absolutely lovely and and non-sentimental at the same time so it was you know the book wasn't mawkish in any way or, or sentimental i didn't think but um dealt with those things very well and of course as hilda said the giving away of a child which is things the- that happened in this country
1: mm. But they were very three dimensional characters. And that's why I think you're right in, in identifying there's no sentimentality here. The brutality is told and laid bare for us to witness and to bear witness to. And also to show us that if, even if you are, that there are people that live different lives but they can live full lives, full private lives in a way, even though there's brutality mm-hmm. exists, that they clung to each other for that very for that very sense of it, rejected as they were by their own blood. They clung to each other like water, you know, yeah. as, as you say, you know, as you pointed out, yeah.
0: And they were all strong. victims, all victims of something, I guess. And especially, I know Hilda said as well that she had been, a, that this, character had been sexually abused by her uncle and the way that that unfolded it was just heartbreaking because you could believe it it was there was nothing that she could have done about it it was simple she was very young and i think that you know her uh, you know the fact that she was rejected because she was a victim of abuse is just so heartbreaking and so believable, you know, and has gone on in in every country over the years. So um, interesting characters too.
2: And the way the uncle turned it around and said, you were waiting for me every night. You were a naughty girl. And you're just thinking, oh my God, you know, this is the way it's done, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And we've heard all those stories in our own newspapers and our own courts and everything else. and I, was, yeah, just when you were talking there about um, in different countries and how we love and hate, can love our country and still expose these type of things, it's probably, you know, one part we didn't, I didn't mention was where um, Dali, the student, falls in love with Leela and uh, you get the students protesting. That's the right of protest is there and it's su- suppressed in this book in, in Turkey and you know, until you can protest and right the wrongs, you can't improve your country or your the things that are brutal and tragic and need to be corrected. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole political angle to her writing as well that she's trying to expose, that that's not uh, happening in Turkey. And even today, it's nearly going backwards again. It's with the, the current power that's it in seems, it. Yes, yeah,
1: it seems so.
0: And even as we we even as we are talking about this, I I am so aware that this is a book that I would recommend to most readers. I really would. I even though it sounds, I we're talking about it here, and it sounds like abuse and and hardship and harrowing and murder, <laughs> and it is all of those things. But it's told in such a incredible and beautiful way and it is not feeling sorry for itself at all so I really do think it's such a good read and I'm actually really looking forward to reading another one or two of her books because it was a you know I couldn't put it down
1: well she's a political writer and and i think that that comes out really well in her stories and and when we're talking about how you tell something it's it's deeply well for me it resonated for me because of the of her feminism and her activism and and i think that came quite very strongly through this book um she tells you such a strong um Stories of women, and when you start to suppress a society, and and as we, you know, you can chart it. Like when you start at the fifties, the the way that you have to be in a certain as a woman, you can only be a certain way, and the need for a son, and the need for a second wife to produce the, this constant kind of transactional behavior all the time towards women, and that power brokering, um, all the time, and that's why I don't think she she doesn't do sentimental. She looks at it. But she has the most beautiful language to tell you the most harrowing story, and that's what it feels compelling. But it also feels very, even as you say, we're able to draw on our own experiences in rainy Ireland as opposed to the 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 suns, you know, the the exotic smells of Turkey, the societal influences are fairly parallel. In a way, you know what I mean. So it's
0: yeah, I think so, and I think that whole idea of she disgraced her family, and they talk about other people in the community who left in disgrace, and that seems to be a shame, and um, what the neighbours think. There is an mm-hmm. equivalent in Turkey, which is so interesting that the, that um, it's it's um, happening everywhere, really, and I think as well. To humanise these people is such a beautiful thing. These people were misfits and rejected people from their own families and society. And still each one of them had such a spark to them. And, was, you know, it really shows that, you know, when we see somebody on the street like that, there is such a story behind everybody and how they looked out for each other and minded each other. And I think that was a really beautiful aspect of the book.
1: I would agree. There's a book actually just published um, this in the last month or so. And it's just called, it's a pictorial book. It's called Old Ireland in Colour. And what they've really cleverly done is they've colourised really old uh, photographs, a lot of military, uh, early 20s, early 30s. And it's 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 like a light switch. You look at them and you go, oh, my God, you look like me. You look like that guy on the street. It's it's so humanising when you see people in colour. and And that's what she does in this book. She humanizes people, and uh, doesn't matter what they are, how they live their life, how they identify. It's recognizing their humanity and
0: their right to their humanity. That's so true. And really, she doesn't, she tells little stories as asides that make you think, you clever, clever woman. This is so, you know, she talks about at one stage when Layla was a child that her and her aunt, who she thought was her aunt, um, Freed an animal that was tethered to their in their garden, and the animal went off, but then came back and had a need for captivity, you know. And 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 again, she throws these away, but at the same time, they're said and they're 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 really important and beautiful parts of of her writing. I'd be interested to see what Kevin said. And um, we have another clip from Kevin there. Breathnall, drop it in for
3: us. For uh, so there's a change of tone in the second half as the other characters are brought more to the fore after Leia, the central character's death and her burial, in the cemetery of, of the Companionless. The first section of the book is exquisite. There are scenes of Turkish life and customs, which are beautifully and vividly painted. In the second part of the book, the one negative comment I will make is that perhaps there's almost too much emphasis on the backstory of the five other characters, which does get little tiring at times. Leia is the interesting and enigmatic protagonist, her friends are quirky, their characters are developed sometimes too much, and I would have wanted to know more about Leia herself, not so much about her friends. While this all enhances the narrative, it did take away from the shine of the central character, and I found myself in the second half of the book, flicking back to the earlier part of the book, to try and remind myself who these characters were. Because it became a little confusing. I needed to understand some of the discussions and behaviours later in the book. Now overall Shafak's writing is fluid and hence the reading is effortless. This also made the first half of the book much more smooth and interesting than the second half, the events of which seem a little bizarre uh, at times in the second half of the book. Shafak explores themes of freedom and friendship but also the difficult themes of prejudice, justice, regret, loneliness, sexual violence and child sexual abuse. While the subject matter of this book is gritty and there's another tone of despair, there's also hope and the author shows the strength of friendship when faced with injustice and pain. Now, To conclude, this is an amazing book from a wonderful writer. The insights into Turkey, its culture and politics are both illuminating and shocking. It's strikingly imaginative and original writing, which leads readers, I'd imagine, to experience a range of emotions and want to read more from this great writer. Overall, the book, in essence, possesses a brutal but beautiful brilliance. I must say, I love the book and it's my first time to read a book from this author and certainly I will read more and I highly recommend it to anybody.
0: Yeah, that was interesting what Kevin said there, and I agree with with a lot of it actually. And I was just um, observing when he was talking about the cemetery of the companionless that we have our own experience with um, our famine graveyards in this country and places where people were buried. Hilda, you want to yeah. come in on that?
2: Yeah, I was going to say we've recently heard over the last couple of years about the tomb babies um, where there's no no headstones and no recognition of all those babies that were born and just, I think they were put in septic tanks. They were discovered in septic tanks. So, yeah, we have our own cemetery of the, the unwanted and the unworthy and the unidentified. And yeah. um, I mean Magdalene Laundries at another level repeat the same oppression and... Um, prejudice against women and blaming them for situations that they were victims of in many cases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we're, we, we also so have... we are,
0: we are certainly not in a position to um, talk tut, tut and say, oh, Turkey, how could you let this happen? Because we all have our own um, experience of it. Um, Orla, do you know, did she write this in English or was it a translation? No,
1: she wrote it in English. She does write in Turkish and in English, but she primarily writes in English. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she wrote this in English,
0: yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I
2: thought it was very interesting. Um, at the end, there's a note to the reader, and in it she says, in 1990, there was an act passed, um, they call it, a penal act, uh, where if you could prove that the woman that you raped was a prostitute, you got a third of your sentence commuted. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean yeah. <laughs>
2: Need I say more?
0: <laughs> I mean, it is shocking. It is shocking. And
1: also, it's very interesting as well, just when you were talking earlier um, about, uh, in the 70s, uh, Hilda, about prostitutes. Actually, there were only prostitutes that were killed. That was very much the, the case, just because he died recently, is uh, the Yorkshire Ripper. And that was very much the police's uh, tone of, of of investigation. Well, there are only prostitutes he's killing. So, you know, don't worry about it the rest of you, Eli and um, so it's really the 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 value we place on women's lives for the choices they're forced to make it's interesting
0: yeah very or victims of yeah yes very interesting so I think we're all kind of given this a thumbs up I certainly would be Orla yep. yeah yeah big time yeah yeah, yeah time. And do, you, do you mark it Kevin didn't give it marks out of stars out of five but I think he would have had he would have been up there do you give marks I'm not a great woman
1: for Marx, but if you're asking me for marks, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a full it's a full compliment for me. Yeah, I yeah. I, I thoroughly valued this book, value it enormously. Yeah, it's flawed, like like most. You know, you're going to find flaws within it, but it's it's such a valuable and um, instructive read. Yeah, so it's a big yeah. big yes for me, Hilda.
2: Oh yeah, I, I think to her her ex- Exposition of all those brutalities and uh, inhumanities against sex workers across the world is, you know, something we should all know about and read about. And it's 50 percent of the world are women. And, you know, if we don't support them and see where they're coming from. Yeah. So I would give it marks too
0: i would give it a five out of five and i never give five five out of five so i thoroughly enjoyed it and as you say yes there were flaws yes there were and i but i think when something is rolling along so flawlessly and so excellently that you just think oh it's not quite as excellent in this part but i mean really it's 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 a great read and i would recommend it to anybody and i was hesitant when i heard it was harrowing and it was about the death of a sex worker i thought oh this is going to be a, a a graft but I didn't find it that way at all so great stuff so that's that book 10 minutes and 38 seconds in this
1: strange world strange, strange
0: world in the strange world and um it is a beautiful book out there that has gotten a great review from us here in the Leitrim Daily Book Club other books anything else you're reading at the moment Hilda
2: I read A, a Ghost in the Throat by Derynne Griefa which I thought was it's it's sort of um it's about Art O'Leary, a queen for Art O'Leary, and uh, oh, it's beautifully written and beautiful prose. I could just it was like getting into a hot bath and wallowing in it. It was so lovely, <laughs> but it's you know, great. I mean, yeah, it's it's a mixture of her own memoir of how she became so addicted to researching um, Evelyn Lee Connell's absolute devastation after Arthur Leary died. But yeah, it was I just I just loved the prose in it. I didn't care what she wrote about. It was just <laughs> so lovely. Yeah,
0: I mean, a good writer is a good writer. Sometimes, uh, you know, a story is one thing, but even a good story, not well written, it frustrates me. So um, yeah. And what about you, Orla? I know the shop is opening again on Tuesday. Have you had time to read anything outside this book? Um, I
1: read Snow by John Banville. Uh, oh, gosh, uh, uh, Yeah, I liked it. It's a. It's very atmospheric. It's in the fifties. And um, brings it. I, and I'm not great for crimes. I'm not great for whodunits. Um, sorry, Kevin. And um, but I liked it. Yeah, I I liked it for the atmosphere. I think there's a lot. It's very. It, it's interesting. It's very male. Oh, it's uh, very male. But. In saying that, it works quite well, and I took it for the story. There was, again, mm-hmm. there's a brutal murder. Um, <laughs> the, the There's a priest, fa- it's a bit like, there's a priest in the library, he's dead. You know, call in Hercule Poirot, but um, no, it works actually. It's work, It's really historic. It's it's nicely. It brings in a different side of Ireland, kind of the Protestant side and their experience of life and the Catholic Church, and it's it's interesting from from those perspectives. So yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, worthwhile. What about yourself?
0: So I I've been re, um, I love um, the Jackson Brodie series. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kate well, I love Kate Atkinson's books. And I find if ever I'm kind of stuck for a book, I kind of go to the next one. That like, she There's a lot in that series, isn't there, Orla?
1: Yeah, there is. There's five. Yeah. yeah. There's five, and, yeah. and I mean...
0: I like it I don't like it as much as her her other standalone books but I mean it's it's a good e- they're good easy reads and they're a bit of a, a bit of a chuckle and a bit of a mystery and yeah I've certainly enjoyed that um what's Christmas is coming up and I'm just wondering now for those of us who aren't organized what would be good Christmas presents or what's what would you recommend for well Stand- I
1: mean there's you as you know, Mary, I'm a very, I'm a very fussy woman in terms of, uh, you know, personalising it and tell me what you like and tell me what your taste is and who you're buying for. But there are some interesting books as always coming out of Christmas because the, they, there's great publishing at this time of the year. Certainly in fiction, I would recommend The Art of the Glimpse by Sinead Gleason. It's a hundred short stories. What's very inter- it's interesting about this is that it goes all the way back to say Bram Stoker short stories, Leland Bardwell. Um, right up to today, Donald Ryan, Sally Rooney, it, it takes and, you know, John McGarran is in there. It. it encapsulates in a way who we were, how we changed, where we are now through the stories, through the literature. So I think it's a really nice one uh, in terms of nonfiction, which is a nice uh, reflection, is a, a page from my life. It's uh, by Ray, Ray Darcy, the radio show. Uh, reflecting on today, ask people to send in entries of um, um, 500 words, just of a story, short story or a funny story or something that you think he thinks or you think that might be interesting. And they were inundated uh, with uh, with with entries. And this is the um, output. And I'm sure you'll probably know somebody who has a story in it um, and all the proceeds go to charity. So it's a very, it's nice. And also it doesn't take a lot of commitment to read a story for of 500 pages. In terms of kids, the one that I really like, I they just think it's funny. It's, um, it's called Kay's Anatomy. You might know him, Adam Kay. He wrote, um, mm-hmm. he was the junior doctor that wrote, uh, This is Going to Hurt. So he's brought out an, um, a, an anatomy book for children so that they know what's what. So here's your foot. You know, what does it do? Um, what, what's that growing in your eyebrows? You know, your poo and your puke and all the sorts of wonderful things. So it kind of demystifies um, the body for kids. So yeah, there's no, just a, good.
0: They're through. great books. And I'm interested in the art of the glimpse. That is short stories as well, isn't it?
1: Oh, that is short yes. edited it. Be- yeah.
0: Because it's interesting at this time. So many people have said to me that they like the poetry books. They like the short stories, you know, because their concentration. It's just such a crazy time to be in. So that'll be a great one. And the page in the life. So there are two great ones that you can pick up and, and put down. Put down. So, so that, is, that is brilliant. Come here. have you a book to recommend for our book club for next month?
1: I do, and I hope your heart doesn't fall into your boots this time. (laughs) Uh, This is called Travelling in a Strange Land by David (laughs) Park. Have you read this? No,
0: no, 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 no.
1: I'll I'll just read the back of it because it's an easier way to. And I thought I was picking it because I thought it would be interesting because it's atmospheric. It's inner. It's set around Christmas. And there is this sense of silence to the to the story. You know, that's the impression I get. So I thought that might be interesting, considering that we are this year has been in a way a silent year for a lot of us about how we've changed our lifestyles. Anyway, so I'll just read you the back of it. The world is shrouded in snow. With transport ground to a halt, Tom must venture out into a transformed and treacherous landscape to collect his son, sick and stranded in his student lodgings. But on this solitary drive from Belfast to Sutherland, Tom will be drawn into another journey, one without a map or a guide, and is forced to chart pathways of family history haunted by memory and clouded in regret.
0: Ooh, very wintry and, and um, cocoony and... Yeah, yeah, atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Right.
1: What's, what's the name of that again, Orla? Sorry, it's Travelling in a Strange Land by David Park. He's a Northern Irish writer. You might have come across him. He's written The Truth Commissioner. Uh, he's written a few things. He's nice. He's a poet as well. So, yeah.
0: So that'll be a nice wintry one for us to be to be reading. Great. Looking forward to getting stuck into that. Anything else do we recommend before we close shop for the day? Sure, we could we're be all here all night if we were I know, I know we could be here <laughs> yeah. all night and sure haven't we things to be doing. But yeah, listen, thanks a million. And Orly, your shop is open again. The doors are open Yay. for Christmas. So well done. The click and collect is still working, I suppose, of course, people yeah, still clicking- don't want to go in.
1: No, click. Well, they're not left in. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So we're back open on Tuesday the 1st. So, yeah, that would be great. It makes life a lot easier. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to welcoming everybody back in again. Yeah. It'd be Great. Oh, that's
2: great. Yeah. Just just before we go on, on, on a last word on, um, on, on Alif Shafak's book, um, I might have been misunderstood when I said I like the second half. That lifted it up it was more the contrast it wasn't that I didn't like the first half or I preferred Mm. one to the other (gasps) but the first half was so there's so many brutal stuff that happened in it and the exposure of the 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 whole story the second half I just thought lifted it up so it wasn't that I yeah didn't I yeah that was all I wanted to clarify
0: but it really did feel like a book of two halves
2: it did it It did did. it did I agree with that yeah absolutely Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah listen women thanks a million and thanks for kevin for sending in his message we just had a problem getting kevin to come online with us so we're hoping look at normality will be back at some stage and we'll all be back in a, a room uh, virtual or otherwise next month to discuss next month's book traveling in a strange land so really looking forward to that thank you orla kelly thank you hilda king i'm mary blake and thank you to kevin mcmanus for his uh, contribution to today's show and we'll talk to you next month on Literum Daily's Book Club.